I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. <laughs> Doctor! Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, we uh, get into hour number three of the program. We got Gwen and Chris coming up at uh, the top of the hour at uh, 3 o'clock. They'll be with you to 7 o'clock. And then we've got the Padre Social Hour. Uh, very excited about airing that each and every night, Monday through Thursday, with uh, play-by-play voice on the radio and television, Jesse Agler. Uh, he'll have you tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, good for you Padre fans. Uh, give us a little more enjoyment uh, talking Padre baseball. Uh, my topic on the program today who is the first pro athlete you've ever met? And we've had some uh, great names over the first couple of hours. Uh, uh, we heard Elvin Hayes. We heard uh, Dal Maxville, the old shortstop from the Cardinals, when he was playing uh, here in uh, San Diego in a triple-A ball game. We've heard uh, Dusty Baker. We've heard Walter Payton, Ricky Young, Robert Brazil, Duke Snyder, Bob Shaw. Uh, again, uh, who is the first pro athlete you've ever met? If you'd like to share that with us, we're going to be here till 3 o'clock at 83. 833- Three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again, tomorrow our live Twitter chat, uh, eleven fifteen to eleven thirty. If you have any questions you would like to ask yours truly, you're more than welcome during the Twitter chat to you know uh, type in a question. But sometimes, man, that thing uh, you're talking and and those things that are flying by while you're talking. Uh, if you'd like to uh, send it in ahead of time, uh, you can do so by uh, sending it to Twitter at 97.3, the fan SD. But again, tomorrow morning, the live Twitter chat from 11.15 to 11.30. Okay, uh, Braden, I want to get into uh, uh, A.J. Casavell, who hopefully will join us on Friday this week at 1.35. Uh, he has been uh, going week by week. Uh, chronicling the best players at each position. And last week he had Mark Loretta over Roberto Alomar. Uh, this week he uh, decided to go with third baseman. And, you know, Braden, I think when I looked at his list, I think uh, he uh, pretty much was right on. He was right on last week uh, as well. He's done a great job, I think. Uh, the only uh, difference I had with him a couple of weeks ago, he had Benino Santiago over Terry Kennedy, and I went Kennedy over Santiago, but it was close. 
But last week he had Mark Loretta over um, Roberto Alomar. This week he had Ken Caminiti over Phil Nevin. And I think considering Ken Caminiti, uh, you know, had four really nice years here with the Padres. Uh, in 1996, he was the National League Most Valuable Player. Uh, led them uh, to a couple of division titles while he was here. I think that was probably uh, the right pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, people also that weighed in, he put out a Twitter poll about it, and uh, the majority, vast majority of Padre fans said Ken Caminiti as well. Um, so that's good. Well, Ken Caminiti, uh, you know, he had marvelous years here. Unfortunately, you know, we know that uh, uh, it was a not kind ending uh, for Ken Caminiti. Uh, substance abuse problems and eventually uh, passed away uh, far too young. But, boy, Phil Nevin... You talk about a guy that really got his career underway. He had bounced around uh, the big leagues uh, with Detroit, the uh, team uh, uh, that got him to the big leagues, and originally drafted number one overall by the Houston Astros, but you know never made it there. Went to Detroit, got a little playing time, ended up with the Angels, and really was at the crossroad of his career when the Padres traded for him uh, for an infielder by the name of Andy Sheets, and boy, he came to San Diego and really got his career uh, on track and had a hell of a career here in San Diego, Phil Nevin. Yeah, he did. He had a, a great career. I always think of him as a first baseman, but that's just because of uh, uh, during my lifetime when he was uh, moved over to first base, but uh, that's always a good one as well. Uh, sorry, my entire computer just decided to just completely shut down, so all my notes are gone for the, for the time. Oh, being. is that right? Yeah, it just decided to completely. Oh, they're right. done. The, the computer's done with the coronavirus. It's done with all this, and it's just <laughs> telling everybody that it's over. Thanks, computer. I appreciate it. You know, it. Uh, well, hey, you know that that happens from time to time. Uh, you know, uh, nothing uh, uh, is perfect these days, as we uh, well know. But you know, some of the other uh, players that were on that list. Uh, I know Sean Burroughs was on that list. Uh, a little bit further down, uh, you had Luis Salazar, who was always kind of one of my favorite players. He he spent seven years with the Padres. But he had three different stints, and I'll tell you a funny story, Braden. Uh, when I was in my uh, early 20s, and for a long time I worked at the Del Mar Fair as a tram driver, and I worked the VIP gate, and I worked uh, the truck gate, and I was in charge of, of letting people on and off the fairgrounds during the fair. And I'll never forget one year uh, I had uh, uh, Luis Salazar. The Padres had an off day, and I'm driving the tram, and Luis Salazar was on my uh, tram, and I was, like, all fired up. And you, you could see Luis Salazar. He'd been like an amateur boxer, and he had a nose of a boxer. So, you know, he was a pretty easy guy to uh, recognize. And, all right, a little uh, technical difficulty there, but we're back at it. We're continuing to talk about the uh, Padres' uh, greatest third baseman of all time. Uh, in order, uh, number one, Ken Caminetti, uh, Phil Nevin, who played with the Padres from 99 to 2005 and whacked uh, 156 career home runs, uh, was uh, second. Uh, third was Chase Headley, and uh, Chase, uh, of course, uh, had a couple of uh, two different stints with the Padres. Uh, that one year, he actually led the National League in RBIs with 115. Uh, Gary Sheffield at number four, uh, Sheffield back in 1992, Actually, was threatening uh, for the triple crown. I uh, ended up winning the batting title, and uh, also uh, he eventually uh, got uh, traded in the middle of that '93 uh, season in that fire sale uh, down there to Florida. And uh, then uh, Craig Nettles, who uh, had uh, some nice years with the Padres and was a big part of that 1984 ball club. And uh, the other uh, honorable mention names, Kevin Kuzmanoff. Boy, he's a great guy. And I heard uh, Kuz is managing minor league baseball now. Maybe during the season we'll track him down. Great guy. Randy Reddy, 
who uh, played for the Padres, eventually uh, once upon a time became their hitting coach. I mentioned Luis Salazar. I think a real fan favorite here in San Diego, Yanherva Solarte. I mentioned Sean Burroughs. Uh, and, you know, I was a big Sean Burroughs fan. I still am. I, I really like Sean a great deal. Uh, he played uh, uh, four years in San Diego, never hit with the power that people uh, would have uh, liked to seen him. But they knew what they were getting. When they drafted him out of Long Beach, they knew what they were getting from Sean Burroughs. And he tore it up in the minor leagues average-wise. And then as soon as he got to the big leagues, they wanted him to start trying to hit for power. Well, he hit 282 over uh, four years here in San Diego and then went on and had some personal issues. I came back for a brief time and did a nice job for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I hope uh, Sean is out there. I hope he's uh, living a, a very uh, long and prosperous life. But uh, he got off the tracks a little bit. Uh, when he was here in San Diego and uh, was out of baseball for a few years, but was able to resurrect his career and come back. And then uh, the guy that, you know, let's face it, the guy that eventually should become the all-time best third baseman in Padre history, if he lives up to what he did uh, in Baltimore, and that's Manny Machado. So a good job done by uh, A.J. Casavell on this, and we'll talk with A.J. Uh, more about that uh, later in the week. Also, want to remind everyone, uh, coming up, at 235 today and I think you'll if you tuned into the program yesterday and I think you're going to enjoy this today a Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live he put together the all-time greatest MLB all-section team from San Diego guys that played high school baseball in San Diego he put a team together and I'll tell you what, it's hard to argue with just about any of the guys on that list. I mean, there, there are other major leaguers that weren't on the list that played here in San Diego, and some guys had really good careers. They were left off the list. But when you start breaking it down, Bodie did a pretty good job on this. And we're going to talk with him at 235. And before we get out of here, we'll also get you our Hang a Star Play of the Day. But I want to get back to my question of the day. Who is the first pro athlete you ever met. I want to hear from you. Give me a call at 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. With that, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll get to your phone calls. we got a lot to get done. Also, going to give you an update on the MLB The Show Tournament. When will Fernando Tatis play next? Well, when we return, we're going to tell you that. This is the John Cantera Show right here on San Diego's number one sports station. Thanks for tuning in. To 97.3 The Fan. I want to remind everyone, uh, streaming 97.3 The Fan, using the Radio.com app is easier than it's ever been. Just ask Alexa to play 97.3 The Fan. It's simple. Thanks for listening to San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We're going to get out to these phone lines, and everyone, I would ask you to be patient. We're going to get to everyone. we got Bodie De Silva coming up from Scorebook Live, talk about his all-time San Diego section baseball team. We'll get you the hang and start play of the day before we get to Gwen and Chris. But I want to go back to our 97.3 The Fan studios real quick and get an update on MLB uh, Show uh, 20 uh, and also find out when our man Fernando Tatis is taking the diamond once again, Braden. Uh, that's right, Coach. MLB The Show. You always throw out the uh, the. MLB The Show. Uh, Fernando Tetis Jr. will play again on Wednesday, April 15th, starting at 6 o'clock. He's got a nice little schedule starting off with going against Gavin Lux and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That would be a battle for first place, by the way, 
as Tatis Jr., Gavin Lux, and John Duplantier, all 3-1 and one in the National League West. Aside from playing the Dodgers, which would be a fun one to watch for all Padres fans, uh, he'll also take on the Giants and uh, Hunter Pence. He'll take on Carlos Santana of the Cleveland Indians, and he'll take on Nico Goodrum of the Detroit Tigers. Again, uh, good start for Fernando Tatis Jr. in terms of uh, teams that have only played uh, one uh, day, aside from Blake Snell, who's played twice already. Only Joey Gallo has a better record than Fernando Tatis Jr., who's 3-1. and one. All right, uh, so he'll be back on the diamond tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, taking on Gavin Lux of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, good stuff on that. Let's get right back to the phones. Brian and El Cajon, thanks for dialing us up. Brian, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How are you today? Good. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for the call. Hey, uh, see, I grew up in Poway, and I remember uh, as a kid, the teachers would scrimmage the uh, Padres for like a charity game in the off season. So at the end of the game, all of us would go uh-huh. down onto the court and met uh, Tony Gwynn, Gary Templeton, oh geez, Terry Kennedy. What was really cool is so when Tony Gwynn went to autograph my baseball card, the pen was dry. So I actually have it autographed twice. Once it's scraped on there, and then once it's actually <laughs> written on there. Oh, so that's great. Well, you know, all those no guys value. lived out there in Poway. Oh, yeah, they sure did. In fact, like, I remember playing catch with, like, Gary Templeton's son after one of my Little Leagues game, and um, knew Randy Jones' daughter, went to a birthday party up at his house once, and and then you just run into them random times, like, at round tables, either having a pizza, and all of a sudden, you know, one, Tony Gwynn would walk in, or whatever the case would be. So it was actually a really great place growing up. Uh, absolutely, and I can tell you, you know, Gary Templeton, you mentioned uh, his son, Gary Templeton Jr., who I know pretty well uh, as a scout now for the Arizona Diamondbacks and does an outstanding job, real hard worker and a good guy. And uh, we've had uh, Gary Sr. on the program uh, once or twice. we got to get him back on. Once we get the plan again, we'll uh, track him down. But all those guys you mentioned right there, Brian, are, are really good guys, and we're always good community guys too. Oh, yeah, they always took the time. So I remember, like, after that game, like, it, they seemed like you were the most important, you know, person in the world. And I just lived baseball at the time. And, um, oh, yeah, one thing I forgot about that time was uh, I remember Alan Trammell played with them once. And I was a huge Tiger fan because huh. my sister and I would go spend our summers in Michigan. And, uh, of course, I knew who he was and I knew all of his stats. And I think he was kind of floored because here's this kid in San Diego that actually was a Tiger fan. <laughs> Uh, Alan still lives here in San Diego. He's a marvelous guy. I got to know him uh, pretty well when he was uh, coaching first base there for the Padres. And, you know, I run into him from time to time. And he actually, uh, on my All-CIF baseball certificate, uh, I made one of the All-CIF teams that year. Alan was on the first team. And uh, so I've got this certificate here at my house. Uh, and I got Alan Trammell on it. And I, the other guy that's on it who played in the big leagues was a guy by the name of Mike Davis who played with the A's and the Dodgers and had a pretty nice career. Hey, Brian, I appreciate you sharing that story. Have a great day and stay healthy, my friend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, great to appreciate that uh, call. Let's uh, duck in uh, Chris in San Diego. Chris, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How are you today? How you doing, Coach? I'm doing very yeah, well. Coach. Thanks for uh, dialing us up. Uh, who who was the first pro athlete you ever met? So um, the first person that I ever met, I was 21 years old, and um, 
I used to work at Alpha Beta in uh, Anaheim Hills. Uh, you're familiar with that area? Yes, I am. So anyway, I used to bag groceries, and Luis Polonia would come in all the time, and um, he just kind of <laughs> took – yeah, no kidding, man. This guy, he would come in all the time, and he just kind of took a liking to me. Uh, he, I used to run errands for him. He used to uh, let me go wash his car. He'd give me $100 to go have his car washed and tell me to keep the change. But the best part about it was he was trying to uh, refinance a house, and he told me to come and um, make him some uh, photocopies at our at our copier at Alpha Beta. So I went to his house, and I walk in, and Dave Parker, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco are all sitting in his living room. And I just could not believe it. <laughs> I guess the Oakland A's were in town. Oh, that's unbelievable. He, he, used to, he used to play for the Oakland A's, so he was buddies with all those guys, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the Cobra, Dave Parker, one of my all-time favorite players. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but because he got himself in trouble there in Pittsburgh uh, with uh, the drug situation, a bunch of those guys got in trouble. They haven't put him in the Hall of Fame. But Dave Parker, arguably, for a three- to five-year period during his career, may have been the best player in baseball. But, I mean, can you imagine being a 21-year-old kid, and you're like, I was like, what the heck's going on here, man? I was like. I'm in the middle of all these all-stars, and I was – so it turned out where I met one guy, and I ended up meeting four Hall of Famers. Uh, that, that's awesome. That, that's great stuff. I, I love that story. Hey, Chris, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks for sharing those memories with us, though, today. Yes, sir, man. Take it easy, Coach. Be safe out there. All righty. Yeah, Luis Polonia uh, played with the Angels, uh, played, uh, bounced around towards the end of his career, but a, a, a nice journeyman outfielder, but the Cobra, Dave Parker, won uh, a couple of batting titles there with the Buccos. Mike and Carlsbad, you're next up with Coach John Contera. Happy uh, Tuesday to you. How are you? Uh, we lost Mike. How about Kevin and Escondido? Kevin, how are yeah, you coach. today? Hey, good. Hey, Coach. Hey, Braden. Go right ahead. Um, Hey, it's kind of hard to top the the last caller. That that's a pretty cool story. But um, when I was about eleven or twelve, uh, we would I was in Boy Scouts and we would sell the uh, candy bars with the Scout Fair ticket, and we would uh, go uh-huh. to the airport and sell a lot of candy bars. And I got to meet Tony Gwynn and his wife, and they were both super nice. I remember Tony made a comment, something like, "Hey." Uh, you know, that's the last thing I need right now and kind of held his gut, but ended up buying a couple of them, <laughs> let me keep the change. And, you know, and, um, of course, you know, uh, just a great childhood memory. And, and for the first pro that I ever met, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, you know what? Uh, you met as good a guy as you're ever going to meet of any pro athlete. You know, I was talking, and I had somebody actually asked me last week on our Twitter chat, Kevin, somebody asked me who was the best guy to cover. And, you know, there are a lot of good guys. But, I mean, when you, you think of the number one guy that always wanted to, to do well and uh, never wanted to let you down, even with the media, was Tony Gwynn. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, and I developed a good relationship with him. It was more than just a, a media guy talking to a Hall of Fame ball player. It was two friends. And, uh, you know, Tony, 
Tony was just easy. Even on bad days, he'd get a little grouchy, even with me from time to time, but nothing severe. You know, about five minutes later, he'd be fine. You know, Trevor Hoffman was great. A lot of the guys have been great over the years. There have only been a couple of real donkeys, and they didn't last long here in San Diego. But Tony Gwynn's as good as you'd ever find. Yes, I agree. That's that's awesome. And, and yeah, just a, a great memory. And, um, you know, I, I think one thing when a, a pro athlete can kind of sense that you're – maybe a little nervous and, and starstruck <laughs> when they, when they just have that welcoming demeanor where they kind of make it easy on you and go, you know, this kid's probably nervous. I'm going to make it easy and kind of invite him over a little, you know, I remember it, it being mm-hmm. something like that and it, it, it was just really cool. Now, uh, you know, the other thing about Tony, uh, not only was he inviting, but the one thing he also wanted kids to, to always say thank you. He he was really big on you know the kids saying thank you. And I, I think uh, you know like if you had a bat and and he autographed the bat and he handed it back to you, if you wouldn't say thank you, he'd kind of hold on to that bat until you would. And you know he taught a lot of kids uh, I think uh, how to how to say thank you if they weren't going to do it. And you know I got so many good memories of him on the field, off the field, uh, interviewing him, him hanging around the studio talking ball and. It was always a lot of fun because Tony never really wanted to talk about himself. He always wanted about what was going on around town. Hey, coach, what's going on with all the high school kids? Who's the best player here? Who should I go see when I got a night off? And, you know, he was that type of guy. Hey, Kevin, thanks for the call. Thanks, coach. Thanks, Braden. You guys take care. Uh, great stuff today. Uh, let's uh, get one more call before the bottom of the hour. Chula Vista, Ricky, welcome to the John Contreras Show on 97.3 The Fan. How are you today? I am great, Coach. Hey, I've been waiting a long time to get on your show, so thank you. Usually I'm driving and I can't uh, can't make the call. And uh, well, really glad you got in, and thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you. We get, before I get to that the the first uh, pro athlete, we have a, an acquaintance from back in the day, uh, old Coach Bartow from Southwestern College. That's where I played my uh, college. Amen. Uh, football and i would uh, go take part of the coaches uh, off-season baseball classes where the team would uh, 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 practice and do uh, inter-squad games and scrimmage against other schools and uh, some of these uh, minor league pro guys would come into town in their off-season they'd participate too so old coach Barto was a good guy and i've heard you mention him a couple of times you're gonna love my pro my first pro football story my cousin, Big Barry Darrow, out of Montana State, was drafted by the 73 Chargers with Dan Fouts and company. And so one night after uh, uh, the uh, uh, one of the uh, Charger scrimmage games, he had a surprise for me, and we were downstairs underneath in the tunnels, and he come walking up with a young man. Well, he wasn't that young at that point. He was a, he was a veteran. Trench coat suit and tie, holding the football, and I met the great Johnny United, and he had an autograph. Oh, my. And um, my my cousin, I remember him saying, Ricky, I want you to meet Johnny United. And I was a huge Baltimore Colts fan at the in 1968-69, and so he was just like my idol. And you, you think I thought I'd been smart enough to hold on to that football. We got home and we went down to the park. We couldn't stop throwing that thing. It threw the ding autograph right off the football. But I'll tell you what, we had priceless memories throwing that dang ball. But, Coach, I, I appreciate your show. Listen to it every day. And uh, 
And I just want to say thanks for giving me this opportunity to say hello. Well, well, Ricky, uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing that story. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. I appreciate you giving us a call today. We're going to get to the bottom of the hour. Uh, we've got some people on hold. Stay there. We'll get to you. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to uh, switch gears a little bit. Bodie De Silva, who does a great job uh, working for Scorebook Live, he put out an all-time San Diego section MLB team. We'll talk about that and get to more of your calls next right here on the John Cantera Show on 97.3 The Fan. But first... 97.3 The Fan is helping San Diego stay connected. Here's your latest news update from Radio.com. Well, 2.39 as we uh, work our way towards the top of the hour. We're going to get back to uh, your phone calls here in a few minutes. So, uh, John, Craig, Kevin, Bill, you guys hang in there. I'm going to get to uh, all of you before we get out of here. But right now, I want to bring on Bodie De Silva, good guy. Uh, been working around San Diego in the sports industry now for a number of years. He works for Scorebook Live. And uh, Bodie came uh, with a really uh, cool idea. Uh, the all-time San Diego section baseball team uh, among major league players. And I uh, head out to our SDCCU fan hotline. Bodie, welcome, and, and great to have you today. And, uh, boy, a real, uh, a real conversation piece going through this uh, uh, team you put together. Yeah, thanks, Coach. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I thought no better time than uh, always like tracking who's at the next level of San Diego athletes. So I thought I'd put something together like this. You know, Bodie, a lot of times when you put together an all-time team, and you're a young guy, you're not nearly as old as I am, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, the, the young guys, they, you know, they, they know what they know from what they've seen. But you did a really good job of going back into history and looking at some of the guys from, you know, back uh, yesteryear. Obviously, Ted Williams was a slam dunk, but, you know, you had Craig Nettles over uh, Eric Chavez. And I'm not sure I would have done that. And then I went back last night after looking at your team, and, and I think you got it right, and I, I think you got all those positions right. But how did you go about uh, putting this team together? What kind of research did you do uh, besides, you know, putting it on, uh, on paper? Yeah, I tried to go back, spent probably a week on it, just looking at guys, that, like you said, nettles that I don't know as well, um, and just stacking it up against an Eric Chavez or a Troy Gloss, someone I may know uh, more so and, and with the younger generation. But nettles, really, with playing 22 years, uh, six All-Star games, World Series, two gold clubs, and he, he was the obvious choice, I think, for me. But it definitely was a, a conversation there at third base. Hey, we're visiting with uh, Bodie De Silva, who uh, works for uh, Scorebook Live, uh, put together a great uh, San Diego all-time Major League uh, Baseball uh, all-section team. What was the toughest position to pick? I mean, there had to be one, uh, and I think third base was probably tough when you're talking about, you know, uh, Chavez, who had a big 17-year career. You got a guy like Troy Gloss, and, and you had uh, Craig Nettles, and you went with him. But what were uh, maybe one of the other positions that gave you a real tough time and, and uh, you know, you, you really had to finally make a decision on? Yeah, I think first base was one. Um, I think ultimately Adrian was the right choice, but there were a couple options there. Um, uh, when you look at uh, guys that you have as bench options, Tony Clark not at the same level, uh, Chris Chambliss not at the same level. Um, you talk about outfield, that would be one. I think Brady Anderson's probably the biggest uh, snub that I that I left off at this point, and and I get that. It, there's uh, there's other names to be had. The the one I I looked at because I didn't know anything about him was Bob Elliott uh, out of Central Union. 
the NL MVP in 1947. That was a name I really did not know much about and uh, wanted to include someone like that that had a great career, um, but <laughs> obviously for most of us didn't get a chance to see when he was playing in the 30s and 40s. Hey, Bodie, uh, did the name Darren Johnson ever come up, the great player out of San Diego High that went on and played about 17 years in the big leagues? He did, yeah. I have a list right here of, of the top considerations. Darren's on that. Uh, Jock Jones, another one out of San Diego High. Uh, Carlos uh-huh. Quentin, Hank Blaylock. Those were a couple of the, the closest names that I that I had to leave off. Oh, that, that's good stuff. And you also, uh, I thought was kind of cool. You actually named a, a manager to this team. You had Dave Roberts <laughs> from Rancho Buena Vista. The general manager was Billy Bean and uh, the coaching staff, Dave Duncan, the catcher out of uh, Crawford High School and Bob Guerin out of Claremont and Brett Strom out of San Diego High. It, it's really amazing when you, you sit down and look at all of those names and, and looking at your team just bring back a lot of memories, but it's amazing how many great players have come out of San San Diego. Yeah, when I looked at the coaching staff, those are all guys that that had major league careers. Obviously, Dave, uh, you could have put as a as a bench option there, but um, I wanted to include more guys that came out of San Diego that maybe didn't have the the All Star career, the Gold Glove career, like some of these others. And um, we definitely have enough to to name from. Hey, Alan Trammell's in the Hall of Fame. Was there anybody even in a competition with Alan Trammell at shortstop when you looked at all the, the great players uh, over the years of San Diego? Yeah, there wasn't another shortstop that really came up uh, in that same category. Um, he obviously is a, a Hall of Famer. It's a slam dunk, and uh, there didn't need to be much competition there. Yeah, Bodie DeSilva from Scorebook Live, our, our guest here on 97.3 The Fan. Mark uh, McLemore out of Morris High School, he had a remarkable career. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't even really know who he was because Morris wasn't a big baseball power back uh, when he was coming out of there. They had a good team, but not a great team. And McLemore went on and had just an incredible uh, career. I mean, he played about 19 years in the big leagues, I think. Yeah, that was one. Uh, the the later part of his career is really when I started following the game. So I knew the name, uh, then obviously had found out he was a local guy. But when I dug deep, uh, obviously finding out 19 seasons, seven teams, 1,600 hits is, is really impressive and something I wasn't aware of. Hey, Bodie, I'm going to throw some names at you. I just want to see if they were in consideration because we had uh, yesterday we went through your team on the air and we had a gentleman call in from Claremont and he was mentioning Kenny Henderson who played about 15 years in the big leagues. Uh, uh, you know, he was up there, I think, with the Giants for a long period of time, uh, came right off the campus of Claremont and got to the big leagues very, very quickly. Uh, was he on the list uh, under consideration? He was, yeah. There's probably about, when I look at it, 20 guys in that consideration. Eric Karros is another name, had a really long career. Um, I mentioned Jock Jones, Carlos Quentin, Hank Blaylock, uh, Floyd Robinson out of San Diego High, uh, Marcus Giles, Ray yep. Boone out of Hoover, so um, Jack Harshman out of Hoover as well. So uh, definitely some names to choose from different positions of strength. Uh, obviously, shortstop, there, there weren't too many outside of Trammell, but outfield and um, and the other one, I think, at, at catcher, there there weren't too many names outside of Bob Boone. I think he was the the pretty obvious name there. Yeah, well, they, you know, they had uh, four catchers once upon a time, and actually, Bob Boone, <laughs> I think, uh, a lot of the time he played at Crawford. I think he actually uh, played third base. Ed Herman came out of there. Tim Blackwell came out of there. Dave Duncan came out of there. They had four catchers come out of Crawford that caught in the big leagues. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. 
You know, last night, I'll tell you how much your your team got to me. I laid my head down last night. I watched Bull, that TV show on Channel 8, and I went to <laughs> okay. bed, and as I'm laying down, I'm trying to think of names that maybe you missed. And, you know, I was thinking <laughs> of uh, Greg Minton, who was a pretty good uh, reliever up there with the San Francisco Giants that went to San Diego High. Uh, you know, he had uh, some good year. He pitched about 15 years in the big leagues. And I thought about Gary Thomason, an outfielder from Oceanside who uh, played with the Giants. And I thought of Thad Bosley, a guy who had a nice career. He also played at Oceanside High. I mean, there are just so many guys, uh, and I can't imagine the, the work you uh, uh, put into trying to, you know, nail this thing, and I think you did nail it. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the bullpen, that was where uh, I had to take some starters and put them there, but nowadays it's not too uncommon. You guys use in any role there, but um, a Mark Fryer who didn't have the same career, but someone that I thought should be on this team, and Aaron Harang, um, Trevor Cahill, who obviously is still active and is kind of turned his career around there and um and the starters were the the easy ones i think there when you have the two-point loma guys with larson and wells and then zito hamels and strasburg so yeah any ball club would like that rotation and they'd like your bullpen oh, as well hey Bodie, thanks so much for the time today and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again and keep up the great work yeah i appreciate it coach thank you for having me uh, there you go, uh, Bodie DeSilva from uh, Scorebook Live. Uh, again, uh, came up with the all-time uh, San Diego section Major League Baseball team. Uh, did a hell of a job on that. And, you know, you can pick it apart here and there. But overall, the guy uh, knocked it out of the ballpark the way I see it. Let's get back to the phones, and we'll get you the hang of star play of the day shortly. John in Tijuana, you're out with Coach John Cantera on 97.3 The Fan. How are you today? Hey, doing great, Coach. How are you doing? Ah, doing well. I uh, appreciate you calling the program. Who was your first pro athlete you ever met? Well, back in 2006, in December, I was actually working in the electronics department of uh, of Walmart off of Claremont Mesa Boulevard, and the Chargers used to send in uh-huh. some of their players on a program where they would bring in students from underprivileged schools, underprivileged areas, and take them on a little Christmas uh-huh. shopping spree. And uh, that month, I actually uh, had to personally, and he was a great guy, um, but uh, I personally was escorting Marlon McCree. And uh, unfortunately, a month after that was the uh, infamous uh, interception slash fumble slash Chargers didn't make it to the Super Bowl, and he unfortunately became a scapegoat. Uh, But just a great guy. Right. Uh, I'm glad you shared that. Marlon McCree was a good guy. And, you know, I think a lot of times when a, uh, a guy makes a bad play in an athletic field, everybody, you know, sours at that guy. But you know what? Marlon McCree was a stand-up guy. Uh, you know, he played a long time in the NFL, had a very nice career. But, again, all of us here in San Diego are going to remember him for that one uh, uh, bad play. And you know what? The other thing that I would say, even if he doesn't fumble, the Chargers were going to still have to move the football. It, that, there was still plenty of time yeah, for they were Brady playing and not Belichick and those guys to get the ball back. Yeah, they were playing yeah, not to lose. And, uh, you know, it would, have been, it would have been interesting. But, no, uh, you know, I, I'd still like to have had the ball rather than giving it back to Brady with uh, first and ten. <laughs> but good stuff, John. I appreciate you calling in and sharing that. That's a good story right there. Uh, let's get out to uh, Benita. Craig, you're next up. On the John Cantero Show on 97.3 The Fan, how are you today? All right, Coach. How are you doing? All right, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hope uh, you and the family are well. Yep, just staying sequestered and hunkered down. Hey, I'll tell you the, the two uh, ones when I was a kid 
and the two most recent, two ones when I was a kid was Jack Pardee of the Los Angeles Rams and Jim Lefevre of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And my most recent is Roger Staubach and Coach Bill Belichick. Really? Yeah. Those are those are pretty doggone good names. I mean, I, I got a smile on my face when you mentioned Jack Pardee and Jim Lefevre because I, I obviously followed those guys uh, uh, growing up here in Southern California, and later in life I got to know Jim Lefevre even before he came and was the hitting coach here for the Padres for a short period of time. But, you know, a Staubach and Belichick, that, that's nice to, to have had the opportunity to cross paths with them. Yeah, uh, we had a big uh, Navy dinner last year honoring uh, Coach Welsh and Coach Frizzano, and uh, they both were there. Ah, good stuff. Well, hey, Craig, I appreciate the call. You have a great day and look forward to hearing from you again. All right. Take care, Coach. Stay healthy. All right. We're going to try to duck in as many calls as we can before the top of the hour. Let's go up to Poway. Uh, Kevin, you're next up. Uh, we lost Kevin. Let's go to Bill in East County. Bill, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How are we doing today? Oh, Kevin is there. Okay, Kevin, well, welcome. How are you? Yeah, go Good. right ahead. How you doing, Coach? Good. How you doing, Coach? Yeah, I'm doing well. Coach, Thanks so, for the call. Uh, my famous uh, the player uh, I'm going to mention is Hal Morris. Does that ring a bell? Absolutely. The big left-hand Reds. hitting outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, well, actually, play, he played first base, but he did play some outfield in uh, college. But uh, I uh, grew up with uh-huh. him. I graduated with him uh, with, from high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I think, isn't and, he a uh, scout now like for a ball club? He was for the uh, Anaheim Angels. He was uh, for about 10, 15 okay. year, years. He no longer is. But I grew up with him and okay. you know, graduated with him. Uh, I would like to tell a fun story is uh, when they were in the 1990 World Series, when they were the, the season, um, I was working in Atlanta, uh-huh. Georgia, and uh, he, huh. he was coming into town with the Reds, and we had dinner. I used to manage a restaurant there, and uh, then we had drinks. We are going to have drinks afterwards, uh, the dinner, uh, with Chris Sabo and uh, Barry Larkin. But uh, what he prefaced was is that, hey, I can only call out for a couple of beers because Lou says we got to keep it down because, uh, you know, we're in the hunt. So I just thought that was uh, kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that you know, is that, funny. I like that story. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I grew up with Hal Morris. He's a great guy, a career 302 hitter. And I was looking at that lineup of that uh, uh, team. They've got like six Hall of Famers on that team right now. You know, with Barry oh, Larkin absolutely and, they do. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. and Paul O'Neill and uh, Rob Dibble and uh, just an amazing lineup. Yeah, well, those guys aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, obviously uh, Barry Larkin and Griffey are in the Hall of Fame on that. Hey, Kevin, I appreciate the call. Uh, thanks so much and look forward to hearing from you again, buddy. Yep, appreciate the Let's show. Stuck in, uh, thank you very much. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm trying to get everybody in today. Everybody uh, really excited about this topic today. East County, Bill, you're on with Coach John Contero. How are you, my friend? Good. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing well. Who you got for me today? Well, I tell you what, it's a pretty good story. Uh, as a young boy, this is back in the late 60s when the uh, Vietnam War was going on. And uh, <clears throat> being from a town of 800 and listening to uh, 
prior fights of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. I don't know if you remember those days or not, when you used to listen to those fights Absolutely. on the radio. Joe Frazier was probably my favorite boxer of all time. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we crossed paths with Muhammad Ali. We, uh, My dad took our family to see his sister and her family in Detroit. It was our first uh, trip out of out of state. And uh, we were trying to attempting to fly back from Detroit. Uh, we were uh, snowed in at the airport, and uh, they were trying to get the planes out, and the, the airport was empty. We are staying around trying to figure out our next move, and uh, uh, four big guys came uh, in the airport, and they were about two gates down, and we recognized one of them. It was Muhammad Ali, and this is back when, you know, he was, you know, out of boxing for a year, and, and there's a lot of tension, right. Vietnam War days that right. he'd gotten you know went through court and all that and he wasn't real popular at the time my father w wouldn't go down there and see him but the rest of us did there was about nine of us we went down there and saw him and uh, he was just so happy for anybody to talk to him and uh, he was joking with us and uh, the coolest thing was he spent about half his time shadow boxing my uh, three-year-old little brother and, and it was it, he was just bigger than life uh, well, there, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, Ali uh, was hated uh, back in the, the mid-60s. I mean, uh, people in this country just flat out hated him. There were a lot of people that continued to hate him uh, until he uh, passed away. But uh, also a lot of people uh, absolutely revered him. And, uh, you know, those Frazier-Ali uh, fights were just absolutely off the chart, off off the chart uh, boxing. And, and that was a real heyday of boxing I, for me in my lifetime, at least. Hey, Bill, I got to run. Thanks so much for the call today. Thanks, All right, I really appreciate that. Braden, we don't have time for the Hang of Star Play of the Day, do we? We do not. Uh, we do not. But, hey, i got to tell you, man, uh, people, uh, they, they were fired up about this topic today, Braden. We got it off to the right start right at the beginning of the show. Yeah, we also had a couple calls late uh, right now that I was unable to answer. So, uh, you know, if you have a, still a story about meeting the first athlete ever, your first athlete you ever met, uh, Tell us to tell us about tomorrow, and we can keep it going uh, throughout the rest of the week. If you got a good story for us, yeah, we got a lot to get done the rest of the week. Of course, we had Dan Schrock on today. We talked about the NFL draft. We're going to continue to talk a lot about the NFL draft uh, leading up to April twenty third. Again, tomorrow our live Twitter chat eleven fifteen to eleven thirty, and again we got Gwen and Chris coming up, and again tonight. Monday through Thursday, we got the Padre Social Hour at 7 o'clock. For Coach, uh, for uh, Braden Soprano, Coach John Cantera, have a great afternoon, everyone. Thanks for uh, being a part of the program today. This is 97.3 The Fan. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the John Cantera Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.